I've been told by everybody up on this roof that they're all off the roof. I am on the roof of Exposure 4. Got fire through the roof of the fire building in the entire rear section. We're back with another episode of Old School. I'm Chief Rick Lasky, along with my good buddy, Chief John Sulka. And uh, we've been knocking these out, <clears throat> as well as our classes. Um, uh, John, I was just, first of all, I did, I did a program, I, I told you this, I did a program uh, for the Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport, okay, the Department of Public Safety. And years ago, buddy, they were they were like all combined, right? You were you did shifts as a firefighter, police officer, and years and years ago, they broke that off. They're still at Department of Public Safety, but they have... Fire EMS is one unit, law enforcement, and then the you know airport security. I'm tell I did three days in a row of a version of Pride and Worship I do for for when I mix it up for law enforcement. They were incredible, buddy. They were absolutely, they were they were dialed in. Um, even the, the the administrative folks, uh, people from their jail. It was just I, I had, I had I had a great three days there with three different groups. Um, now, how many times have you seen me talk, and you've seen it, when I talk about Captain, remember we, when we talk roll calls, I talk about when John Ashman would do his uh, his roll call. The back then, and, yeah, and then Chris Kirk, Captain Chris Kirk would do his, remember, in the kitchen? Yep. Well, Chris, we lost Chris to COVID a while back. Uh, Chris was absolutely, absolutely incredible. Uh, he's I have him in one of my PowerPoint slides for Pride and Ownership, John. I always, it's always, you know what he's at? He's where it says, keep it simple get to know your people, lead by example. And because of him, um, his son, his son uh, works for uh, DFW for the fire. And, oh, really? Uh, oh, it was, you know, cause here I am. Was that a surprise? Did you know that? You know what I did, but I forgot, you know, I forgot that he worked there. You know, you forget where some guys, some of your guys' kids work and I'm, I'm flicking, I'm flipping through my slides and um, you know, just, just clicking through them, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, um. I, 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 the day before, you know, he was coming there. I put that slide up of Chris. Tommy is sending the driver with his hand around, and they're in the class A's. And you know, if you want to know what it, you want to know, why the, I always say this driver engineer Tommy is sending. Why Tommy's so great? Look at that captain, Captain Chris Kirk. That's the reason he's great. You know, we talk about the apples don't fall far from the tree. And if you want to see why Captain Chris Kirk is great, you should have met his dad, Captain Jesse Kirk from Irving. And I go, oh my God, everything you want to be in an officer. So the, the 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 chief who's a good guy comes up to me, you know, and he goes, uh, "Hey, you know, his his son's in the classroom." I went, "Oh, so now I'm like, all right." I met him in the morning. I'm great. Well, I got to that slide. The moment I when I said that, the whole room stood up and applauded, you know, for his dad. How nice! Oh, and then it got emotional, and I looked out. He got I got him. I'm like, and I stopped. I said, "Look, if you've ever had me for for a class, especially pride and ownership, or for our company ownership academy, but especially pride and ownership." I always talk about his dad. I always brag on him. Oh, you've, you've, I know his dad. And oh. I never met a Captain Turk from how much you talk about him. <laughs> exactly. I mean, right. We always talk about the great ones. And, you know, John, 
on top of it being a three great days with three great groups, that made my whole trip. You know, yeah, I mean, both, we we both got emotional. He got emotional. I got emotional. You know, it's like we're talking. I talk. I just and it wasn't made up. It wasn't like oh, I'll just right. slide this picture in there. Wasn't built into the class. And how many times has that happened to us? We say that. Oh, sometimes you spend a day or two somewhere by yourselves, or or we're together somewhere. And also a guy comes up to you, or two days later, you get a little email from a guy or something and says, hey, you know what? This was a great class. You really charged my... You didn't even say nothing to us, but two days later, you get it. We both get it. Yeah, uh, yeah. You charged my battery. I feel like I was just promoted again, and and it does. Even just a comment like that from one guy or one gal in the class always makes it. And those are the people that we're talking about today. Oh, exactly. And 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 it's a perfect lead-in for our topic, uh, uh, I think. We talked about maybe calling this one the dream firefighter, but you know, I've had Chris Kirk's picture in there long before Chris years and years and years and years before Chris passed away due to COVID. I mean, I've, I've bragged about him. He was one of those guys, John, that when he showed up on the tower ladder, cause he was a truck. Guy, he, he, he's one of the ones like him and Richie. I go, come here, come here, cap. I go, Chris, just go fix all this shit. Just, just <laughs> get in there and and just figure this shit out for these guys. You, you know, know, you know what I'm saying? Like I you know do. Exactly what you're saying. When Timmy Clett would you show, know up. I had guys just like that as well. Joe Joe Precipio or, or Tim Clett. When you just go, Timmy, just go fix this. Just get in there, and you know, send him in there. That was him. So you know, it it felt good. So let's let you know what. Let's do that. You and I talked briefly the other day about uh, some of the comments that came from the show we did. Why do why do why do we always talk about Stockton, California, Wichita, Kansas, where firefighter Brian Salka is now a proud member? Um, and I talk about Lewis Hall. I talk about my my volunteer department, Wichita West, which they're doing incredible things. We've been doing some fires lately, and they, the guys Absolutely. are doing great. Absolutely. What you know, it, it, you talk about South Blooming Grove, and you always talk about the Bronx, but we don't talk about shit we can't back up. We don't talk about stuff. That somebody could shoot holes and go, ah, wait a minute, Chief Salka. You know, I've been to South Blooming Grove and I've watched right. you. Right. You know, we talk about <laughs> the real McCoys, the real things. So I think, like, like we said the other day, a perfect, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know, segue or a perfect like addition to what we did about that show. The questions came up. All right. We talked about what, what does it take to be that fire department? Maybe we need to talk about what it takes to be that dream firefighter. You know, how many times you you and I, we, how many times you and I have been in class where we've met someone and you've looked to me and gone, God, I, either I, God, I wish for that, I work for that guy. Or you said, God, I wish I had 50 of them as my firefighters, right? Yep. You heard me talk about, go and, ahead. And you know what it is? What, what, what you just said, they're not even really separable. They're really the same thing. That dream fire department is the dream fire department. The cost of all the great firefighters that they have there. It's not like, oh, the boss is pretty good. Ah, the firefighters are okay, but the bosses are really good. No, it's all these, it's these places that have these great firefighters. And and contrary to maybe what our uh, our title or what even what some listeners are thinking, it's not like, oh yeah, in every big group of firefighters, there's one or two dream firefighters. A lot of firefighters are, are great. Right. Most not most places, but lots and lots of places have a majority of firefighters that are great. You know what I'm saying? And like, what do you want to call them? Dream firefighters or, you know, the, the, the top guys or whatever they are. Guys like Willie Tracy that I used to talk about all the time. Willie, unfortunately, passed away just recently. But the, the thing is, it's those dream firefighters that, that make the difference. Those are the guys that are checking a rig at 6.30 in the morning or 6.15 in the morning for the 7 o'clock shift. Sometimes you see them in my job, FDNY, 9 o'clock is a shift change, which is a little odd and a little late, but that's what it is. 
sometimes there's guys on the apparatus floor, you know, they're in the building at seven o'clock because they leave home at six because there's traffic. So they, you know, they get in a little bit early. They're checking the rig seven o'clock, seven thirty for a nine o'clock shift change. I mean, like, you know, like they checked it an hour and a half ago before the officer comes down for the first time and says, good morning, guys. How's everything going? Hey, boss, the, the rig is good. I checked it this morning. Okay, thanks. So whether it's checking a rig or jumping on stuff that has to get taken care of, particularly, you know, like, and again, I'll mention Willie Tracy again. I just have to because he's the guy that does it. You know, we come back at one o'clock in the morning after having a little foam operation or whatever it was, and something didn't work right. Something was busted or not adjusted right or whatever, malfunctioning. And there he is at the workbench. I'm, I'm walking up the stairs. I'm just schlupping up the stairs. <laughs> get back in my bunk at 2 o'clock in the morning. That's what you do. No big deal. I look. There's a light on on the workbench because you can see it from the stairway. Walking all the way up, you can look behind the rig. There he is. Click, click, click. He's doing something with the light on. Willie, what are you doing? Uh, Cap, I'll have this fixed in a minute. Don't just throw it in a box. We'll send it to the shops tomorrow. There's a new one right in the closet. Take That's it not good enough. I got it. That's I got not it. good enough for him. That's not good enough for right. him. And, he, and this is the same guy that when you bring your lawnmower in from home and it's in the back of your pickup truck and you're backing in for the shift change, like, what, what are you doing, Cap? What's, what's with the lawnmower? Ah, I worked on it all day. I was trying to cut the grass today. I figured I'll take a look at it tonight. Yeah, yeah, we'll look at it. And by the time I take a shower and come down the steps, the lawnmower's <laughs> running. There's four guys standing around it because why? Of course, they're all great guys. And that they're not sucking up to the captain. If, we, if anybody brings a lawnmower in, if anybody needs something done, and, and that's the kind of number one, and you know this is true. Your book says it. All my books say it. All our, These are the kind of people that attract to the fire service to start with. Right. Even, even for lack of a better term, you know, you know, I got I got like censured or yelled at for the first time on Facebook the other day. I say nothing on Facebook. I call somebody a shit bird. S-H-I-T bird. Shit bird. They sent me like a warning. This is a warning. That is out of bound language. I'm like, shit bird. <laughs> really? I, I, I don't think I've made five entries in my whole life on Facebook. But anyway. Those kind of people aren't attracted to the fire service. They're attracted to something else, I guess, but they're not attracted to firehouses. I know that. At least well, not, you know, in our history. And and you and I've talked about this as well. So, you know, you you Tim Clett and the guys and the people, Nikki Giordano and all those, you know, we, the list goes on. You've heard me talk forever about Curtis Burt, who's down in Pearland now, is the ops chief. Curtis, when he was a firefighter, was like, I, I remember I remember it was a firehouse. I saw him about four times oh, in yeah. firehouse. Yeah, and 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 John, I remember when Curtis, you know, we, we'd be we'd be in Darien Woodridge together. I was a BC, he was a firefighter. You know, we talk. I say, hey, if you ever need anything, just come get me. And his reply to me was, if you ever need boss, if you ever need anything done, chief, think of me first. Come get me first. You need anything done, and, and you know, he's built like a brick shit house. He's not a uh, he's not a kiss ass, and he's made a great chief officer. Gary Apple, Gary Apple was that way. Gary. When he was a firefighter and a driver and a captain, Brian Purcell that had the moving business that one well, of the biggest moving business around every day. He said, Hey chief, can we get another one of those videos from Chicago with all the fire scenes to watch and all that? You know, I mean, just like, like uh, Jimmy Spears, you, you met Jimmy here from, from Wichita West. The guy just lives, eats and breathes what we do at that firehouse here at, at, at Wichita West. Kenny hey, Gabriel. Talented, skilled, oh. professional uh, doctor, right? Yes, you yes. Vet. He's a yes. vet, he, and he loves what he does, and his wife does it. Yet he's still got this insatiable interest in the fire service. Every single, every single great leader that you and I've talked about were great firefighters. They were the dream firefighters. I, I would have loved to have seen Pete Lund as a firefighter. I would have loved to have right. seen 
Bill Allen is a. They didn't change, oh, right, Tom, Jen? Tom Kennedy. Yeah. Uh, those how, guys. how about Leo Stapleton? Can you imagine oh. old Leo Stapleton when he was a young dude? Besides, besides, you wouldn't want to cross him. But yeah, you know. but none of those guys sucked. None of those guys were lazy asses. Now, now, look. Every one of us got to where we're at because of someone else, and because we had great mentors, and we had people that kicked us in the ass. I know I had. I got bruises up and down my my backside from people that kicked me. Going, Lasky, stop that. But none of these guys were throwaways, John. None of these guys were the ones that, you know, the one out of 10 we talk about that, not even one out of 10, it's probably one out of 100 that you go, how did they get on here? You know, every one of those guys we talk about were great. You said it. They show up early. You know, they show Tim. So describe Tim Klett as a firefighter before he was a lieutenant. Describe Tim. Oh, it's absolutely the same thing. It's absolutely the same thing. And, And that's how you know. You know, when you see a guy like that, it's it's funny. I, ju- I just wrote an article, you, you, you know, and we were just laughing about it 10 minutes ago before we came on here. Um, I just wrote an article about the promotional process, planning for pro- promotional process. We were talking about it the other day in the, in the other uh, uh, podcast. And I started thinking about it, how, all you know, a lot of different departments have different procedures on not just you file for a test, you show up, you take the test, you're on the list. How promotion counts, how you had to have a, Brian, Wichita. Wichita just changes, supposedly, according to the guys there. It was three years, now it's five. You have five years on the job before you can even file, before you can even join the process to be a lieutenant, to be an officer. FDMY is three. Other places don't even have it. Other places are like, when you decide you want to be a lieutenant, you go take the test. You right. know? And, they're like, and they're out of it. So, you know, the promotional process, when a, guy, when a guy's a great officer, whether it be lieutenant, captain, however you're structured, obviously those folks were great firefighters. Too. And where was Tim Clint? He was a lieutenant 80 engine. Where was he a firefighter? From, from 88 engine, where he was a lieutenant, he was a 69 engine, which was like, that was the top of the pile, 69 and 28 up in Harlem, the Harlem Hilton, right? I mean, I I really never worked there. I worked there once or twice as a covering battalion chief in the 16th. But one of those places that just had a reputation for, for decades as a great place. And when you get broken in there, you get broken in right. And that's all there is to it. Most of that work done by other firefighters, by senior firefighters. And, and that's who creates you know, dream, whatever you want to call it, dream firefighters, excellent firefighters, is the previous generation that break them in, you know? So I, I, that's always very important. And some places, meaning some fire departments, including the FDNY at one point, after I retired, soon after I retired, there were some rumors, not rumors, but I heard people talking about the job of saying, senior men don't run a company, the officers run a company, they're the ones that make policy. And I'm saying, you know what? <laughs> in essence, that might be true. That might be the way it's written in the rule books, but there, there is nothing there is nothing as valuable as a group of senior firefighters that have been there for a long time, that have seen captains come and captains go, and good captains, good quality captains. But senior firefighters that stay there for 10 years, 15 years, thank God every firefighter doesn't want to be your boss because some of those guys are the anchor on a company that makes it as good as it is and stay as good as it is. And, and they generate and produce and and kick you know out of the company, throw out more young lieutenants out into the job, and ten years later they all come back for a union, and all all sorts of guys there saying, they, "Holy cow, you're all here in forty eight engine," you know. It, it's kind of like that story you talked about when James was a um, a sergeant, and and the new lieutenant, the new second lieutenant, right out of college, it was child time, and James did something probably a lot of those guys won't. They let those other people fail. You know, right. when it was child right. time, he's like, hey, hey, Lieutenant, Lieutenant. Oh, he grabbed them. He grabbed yeah. them. Yeah, hold yeah. on. The, hold on. The, the Marines eat first. It, it, how many times have we said um, that senior firefighter 
does more for that officer. There's stuff going on the floor that you have no idea is going on as a captain lieutenant. Not illegal stuff, not stuff, but I, John, I've said, I just said it the other day, that senior firefighter could go, hey, 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 come here. You know what? We don't do that shit. We, I don't care where you came from before. We don't do that stuff here. You got that? You or I do that. Chief Salka, Chief Lasky are waving a finger in front of my face. I want to file a grievance. I've never handled a grievance through mediation or or whatever as a chief. I've never seen one where a union has allowed one firefighter to grieve another or a volunteer has complained about another one by saying, get your act together, shape up. You know, Because I, I think what sometimes the younger guys forget is every one of us has an obligation to uphold the reputation of the department that those before us forged, right? The FDNY, Louisville Tech, all these departments, you know, the, the guys in Stockton, the guys in Wichita, all these great fire departments out there, Coeur d'Alene, they're all fighting to defend the reputation that was built by those before them. You, you know what I'm saying? The, the caretakers. And so you have an obligation to come in and 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 bust ass to be the best. I told you before, I've never been picked second in my life. Not in baseball, not in football. I've never been picked second in so nothing. And 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 I don't want to be. I'm very competitive. Where I want to be the first, where the chief looks to and says, "Lasky, come here." You know, well, that don't happen on accident. You know, right. that's like those John. These great firefighters, the dream firefighters, just don't wake up one day and go, "Here I am." You were, I mean, you you you. They were the ones you saw on the floor, like you said. Willie, um, Curtis was like that. You go, you'd have to talk about something and you go, guys, everybody, everybody catch it. We got to talk, you know, something going on, right? Chief, what Curtis, Curtis, be the one, Curtis, be on the workbench working on a tool job, painting or doing something. Hey, Kurt, come on, man. I'll be, I'll be there a second, Chief. All right. 10 minutes later, Curtis, come on, dude. We got to get this. You know, we got to get this. He goes, I'll give me five more minutes. I'm almost done. 10 more minutes, Curtis, you know, you have to drag them away from a project. You know, you have to drag them. And you've heard me say this before when I talk about record exception performance forms, that that, that one page form, it's a formal attaboy you can fill out, right? About, you know, one, one of your officers did a great job and firefighters, whatever, because we don't put up good stuff in your files. Curtis was one of the ones, I mean, you, walk, you would walk by and we'd come back from a job and where was he at? Rewrapping tools, cleaning stuff. And I remember telling him a long time ago, you know, hey, thanks, man. He goes, for what? He said, for doing us proud. He goes, what are you talking about? I go, we were just on that call, you know, um, uh, with, with Tri-State. I said, our tools, even when our tools are all shitted up, they look better than everybody else's tools because of how you take care of that stuff. Uh, so not only that, but everybody's carrying them and the chauffeur's making sure, Tommy, Tommy, grab a tool. Uh, you know, one of the young firefighters might have forgot for a moment to take a tool and, and the chauffeur, chauffeur grabs them, you know? And and that pride that guys have in the companies, not companies, in the department, they also have in their company. It's sort of a dual, it's sort of a dual thing. You know, obviously everything's ah, FDNY is great, but but you probably heard me talk more about 48 engine or the 1A battalion than you have heard me talk about the FDNY. A lot people, people, guys, firefighters, we, we talk about our down to the lowest level. We talk about our company like it's literally our family. You know right. what I'm saying? And and that's where some guys have tremendous loyalty, like you said. I know in every fire department in America, volunteer career, some guys just stay in the same place forever and never, never run for office, never study for office, never take a test, not interested at all. Then you got guys like Mickey Cowboy. Mickey was an officer for a long time. 9-11 came up in between there too. And then, but he made a lieutenant and that's it. He's done. No interest in captain, not going to be a captain, been a lieutenant for a long, long time now. I think, I think eight or nine years in squad 41. With medals down to here. 
He's, oh, my God, forget it. Got to be one of, if not the most decorated guy. But the point is, he's always been like that. He's been a quality guy since his first day on the job at 37 Truck. Then he transferred and he went to the rescue and, and everything else. You know what? And those are the guys you want to, those are the guys we want to applaud, but not only applaud, but those are the guys you want to promote. Those are the guys you want to attract, right? You want to get them into your company. When you get them in your company, those are the guys you want to, obviously you don't want to just crowd them all into one place unless you, all you guys like that, but you want to spread them around a little bit. You want to say, oh yeah, these are like, these are like the, the top of the pile guys. I want one over here, one over here, one, yeah, in, yeah. one, in, the a, one in the B, one in the C. So they all get the same good guidance from, from the front seat, not the right front seat, the left front seat. Yeah, and, and, and it's rubbing off on guys. So let me ask you this. Okay, we're talking about that dream firefighter. How many firehouses, John, have you walked in as a chief or as a visiting instructor speaker, guest speaker, right, that were, that were filthy, crapped up, shitty-looking rigs, tools all messed up, everything, that had great firefighters in them? I, I've never walked into one. It's you know, quite two things generally don't don't no. exist in the same place. And right. so so there's the message. Look around your fire, right? Look around your fire. Look at your firehouse. Look at outside, look at inside. If you stood across the street, I always tell guys, if you stood across the street, looked at your firehouse that, that the public sees, that people and other firefighters and buffs, what would you think about your own firehouse? Are the bushes trimmed up? Is it clean? Do you wash the apron down once in a while? The lights all burned out on or whatever. What would you think about your firehouse standing across the street looking at it? You know, there's times. It's funny, you should say that because was it yesterday? Yeah, it wasn't today. It must have been yesterday. Uh, we had a run in a volunteer house, and I got there, but I got there, I got there late. They were just rolling out the door. I didn't even stop them. They were like, "You want to jump?" I said, "Go." I'm not going to make you wait for me to go in and get my gear and everything. So I, I put the doors up and they, and they left. And now I'm standing in there now, and both rigs are gone now. The rescue and the engines for NBA. And now I'm sort of walking around. I took the run sheet out. I started filling out. And while I'm walking around which you generally don't get to do. Even on Wednesday nights, you're always doing something. Now I was doing nothing. So now I'm looking around, I'm looking at the blackboard. I'm looking at the map. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at that. I'm saying, look at these young company officers. Boy, they got this place squared away. There was a, a whiteboard and and, the, and the, all the drawings and questions and answers from the last drill were still up there. And I know who it is. It's it's Will and, and Kenny and, and all these young guys that are just great. And and the, it was such a surprise when they all ran for officer like five or six years ago. But now they've all been officers for five or six years. And boy, oh boy, we, we got it made. These young guys, and these guys haven't been to 10 good fires first two. They've been to 10 good fires, but not 10 good fires first two. Like like you go to in a week in 48 Engine or in Louisville or a lot of these other places. So I was so proud walking around the firehouse by myself, being the ex-chief and just sort of a senior guy. And it was and it was just look taking the time to look around a firehouse and say, man, you know what? This is a good place. This and and it's not a good place because of the firehouse. It's a good place because you got good people, you know. Oh, exactly, and, and like that's just it. I've stood. How many times have we been visiting somewhere? You know me. I'm like, and I I was just at Engine 58 in uh, Detroit, right? Um, uh, you you were back. Uh, Maureen had her baby. I went up there, did the battalion's camp. We went to dinner there um, with our favorite lieutenant. You know what I'm talking about our favorite <laughs> lieutenant. That's you talk about a ball of passion. That guy's awesome. But Engine 58 scores, and we pull up, we stop with the guys from Warren, you know, and we're walking. And I, I stepped back, I took a picture. Here's this old firehouse, kind of small, but, you know, an old, it, it's kept up. You know, the outside, it looked not, you know what I'm saying? It just, you know, it wasn't like you pull up and you go, is this place abandoned or is it real? This Detroit firehouse looked pretty cool. 
you know, and when you walk in and you see the personality, again, I've never been to a filthy firehouse with an engine that looked like crap or ladder and rusted tools and stuff with great firefighters. They, they just, like you said, they, they don't go together. And the same thing with the rigs. And we even talk about it on class. Sometimes we go somewhere and they got a, and they got like a, a 1989, you know, sea gray pumper. And we're like, holy crap. What is that? A spare? Nope. That's it. That's it. We get another one coming in about another five years. But, and even though it's old and it's visibly old, it's not all shitted up. It's not all dented up. You can see that the diamond plate was dented in, and you can see it got banged back out, and somebody threw a silver brush across it, you know, to, to keep it looking okay. You can see that there was, you know, somebody cut a nice brand-new piece of plywood with some nice, you know, nuts and bolts and put it on the bottom of the compartment that was rusted through. So now they still got a compartment to put tools in because it's rusted through. So even an old rig, sometimes you can look at it, and you can see the pride that the guys in the company have on it. So it doesn't have to be new stuff. Doesn't have to be brand new gear because you and I have been in firehouses that you could lick the floor and you could lick the tools and it was clean as go. And you know what? And they couldn't find, you know, a, a toilet paper in, in an outhouse, you know? So it's not always that stuff is new, but it's stuff is maintained. You can see that people take care of stuff, you know? Well, they surprised me a couple of weeks ago in Sapple and Grove Wednesday night. I come walking into the firehouse. They got tables on the apparatus floor. There's about eight of them sitting there. They get all the tools out. And it was the night that they decided to to cut all the old tape off and retape the tools. Not only the identification tape, like we have red, white, blue, because we're the independent fire company, you know. Cool. So we have red, white, and blue on all the on all the axe handles and all the hooks. But also we got the rope, the white rope, then wrapped with the rubber tape on top for the grip on the handles. They take that off now occasionally and redo that when it starts to get shitted up. And they're all just sitting there talking and getting it done. And like you said. For another three months now, whenever they pull them tools out, it looks like somebody did it 10 minutes ago, and it's noticeable. At least to me, it's noticeable, you know? Well, exactly. And, and you and I have said this a bunch of times as well. You know, we have walked into 100-year-old firehouses that were, look, they're worn. You can't have a 100-year-old firehouse and not show somewhere, some you know what I'm saying? But they were awesome. They were clean. The rigs looked good. The guys were down. They trained. And like you said, we've been to gold medal architectural award-winning firehouses and they sucked, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I, I guess the, the 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 line is you have to have the whole you gotta you, you gotta be the whole the whole thing. You can't be you can't just pick and pick and choose what you can be great at. You know, like you, we talked before about when for when you guys started doing EMS uh you know runs and you told your guys what's 48 engine, we're the best, we're the best that we're the best of the city, we're the best in the Bronx, we're, we're we're the best at fires. Well, guess what? We're gonna be best at EMS too. You can't say Oh, we're great at fires and we're not gonna be great at EMS. And we know. give it a half effort on EMS. Right? Exactly. So let me ask you this. So you're sitting there, 18 battalion, or you're at South Bloomy Grove. Describe from start to finish that dream fire. You know, like we talked about, yeah, we've said, God, I wish I had I made that comment on this show about Jim Spears, Jimmy Spears going and him and now Bradley. Bradley's the same way, Bradley Carver. These guys. They they Bradley just built shells for the engine and paint. They are they are doing stuff. In fact, if you want to see a hoarding a hoar, a hoarding situation, look at their two lockers in the firehouse. They got their battery charge. They have stuff. They have all their they re, their lockers are loaded with all their stuff and everything else. You can just tell they're into it. So describe. We've said this before. You're sitting there. Describe the the mo, if you will. You right. know, the routine of that great firefighter, the one that I'll tell you, you what, want to see. It, it takes a while because number one, well, and, and nobody's a great firefighter without everybody knowing it. So guys know Willie Tracy, this guy, that guy, right? So 
they're always the first one in on a career department. But even in a volley department, they're the guy that stops by at lunch. They're the guy that stops by at 6 o'clock and has a sandwich in a firehouse before the 7 o'clock drill when people aren't even there yet. That's the guy that when something needs to be done, I already described Willie Tracy fixing the, the foamy doctor or, 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 or the, you know, the nozzle, whatever it might be. Those are the guys that are first off the rig when you get to the box, when you get to the line, that's the first guy off the rig. And he's like, it's your three-quarter cap or or whatever his suggestion is. You know what I'm saying? Some guys don't have to be told. Willie, get, all of a sudden, he's, he's off the rig already. He's, you know, this guy's guy's going and doing it. They're the guys that are always dressed right. Th- those are not the guys that would try and go in without the gloves or without their hoods or something like that. Those are the guys that pause at the back step to get everything done or, they, or they're putting up their hood and their gloves as they're walking next to the rig so, you know, they don't have to be delayed. Those are the guys when one guy's pulling at the top. Tommy, no, not that one. Take the one to the right. Take, take, you know, take pre-connect number one. It's a little bit farther, you know, and always helping out. Another thing, and you and I know this is true, and this has a lot to do with being a good firefighter, but mostly with being a good person. They don't badmouth anybody. Even no. a new firefighter that comes into the company, maybe that's not such a good guy. Maybe even not such a good person. <coughs> good firefighter isn't the guy that says, yeah, this new guy's a, I don't know if he's going to fit in here. He's a bit of a shipper. You know, he's not going to say that. He's the guy that's going to go up to him and say, hey, you're new here, right? You firefighter somewhere else, or is this new to you? You know, hey, hang out with me. Let's try and do He's the guy that'll try and bring a guy up to help the company rather than knock a guy down to make himself look good, you know? And I mean, I could just go on and on and on. He's the guy that's up at midnight working on a rig. He's the guy that, that you know, I, I don't know how else to, you don't even ask him to do stuff. You come down in the afternoon and all of a sudden he's washing the rig. You're like, Billy, what are you washing the rig for? I, th- I think Tommy washed it yesterday. Yeah, I know, but we went to that that call this morning at the junkyard. We got dust all over. It looks like hell. I, I'd hate it to look like this if we had to run downtown, you know? I mean, you could just go on and on. And there are guys and gals like that. And we've had some of them working for us at FDIC and elsewhere. There are guys that are like that. And there are guys that are pretty good that aren't just like that. They're pretty good, but they're not the excellent. They're not the right. dream firefighters, you know? Well, and, and, and I'll say this. If you're looking to be that great firefighter, that dream, to be the firefighter that every officer wants working for him, then do it. You know, it's been an old, like, you know, Nike frame. I just do it. I mean, that, that's, a, you know, I, I talk about my buddy, Ron Kittle, uh, for the White Sox. You know, the big PR guy that I, I, I spent two spring trainings with Ron. And you've heard me say this about change. There's like a, two million books out there that have been written probably more than on change. Everybody gets all hoodooed about change. And Kitty got up one more. He's on Facebook. He's the big PR guy for the White Sox now. He he left Chicago, played Cleveland, the Yankees, then back with Chicago after that. All-star Rookie of the year, 83, all that stuff. Um, Kitty posted a meme. I know what a meme is, everybody. I know what a meme is on on, on, Facebook, on Twitter. And his meme was this, John. This is what he put on there on Facebook and Twitter. I got up this morning and didn't like what I saw, so I, cha- so I changed just like that. I got up this morning and didn't like what I saw, so I changed just like that. And, and, and immediately, two million change books got thrown in the garbage because he's like, Stop making it so complicated. So if you're if you're looking at another firefighter going, why why does he or she get all the smiles? Why does he or she get all the you know what? Look at your own. It's time to step back and and, and examine your own performance, your own job performance. Like you said, how early do you get there? How early do you get to your to your volley place for for drill night, for meeting night, for 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 fundraisers, whatever? Okay. How are we did you get there for your shift? You know, I mean, and, and and we've talked about this not being a minute man and getting there. And do you respect the uniform? Do you do you take care of your uniform because that uniform represents more than anybody else in the room? Do you take care of your tools, your rigs, your firehouse? What's your firehouse routine? You know, how we've been saying I I love 
you know, when you see the guys you're having dinner and that little chunk of napkin, little tear, little, and it falls off someone's plate, and immediately a guy reaches over, picks up, throws in the trash. You know, I'm just saying, it's like, that's my house. This is my house. And it's not like, hey, pick up your trash. It's, and then, and then like you said, then there's the, the the attitudes and the motivators. They don't trash talk. Now they may go, John, come here for a second. Jesus, man, what do we got to do? Okay, you know what? How about I do this? You do that. And we'll see if we can get them fired up or we get them, you know, maybe if you right. talked about this. Or, or even more stern than that. Even how about we don't do that anymore, okay? That's not how we do things right. right. I talked to you once about that before. This isn't a boss. This is a fellow firefighter. This is a brother firefighter. But a senior guy talking to maybe a new guy or a guy that just needs a little straightening out. And that's what they do. And, and I've had that said to me. I've had that said to me when I was a young firefighter at 34 engine. I had a guy come up to me and say, and what'd you do? Do you think that was the right thing to do now afterwards? No. All right, good. I'm glad you recognize that. Because, and what he was going to say was, people notice that stuff. And that was going to be my my next point that, that I just sort of fell into anyway by telling that story is, and everybody knows who the great firefighters are. Yeah. Everybody knows Mickey Conboy is a top-of-the-pile guy. Everybody knows it. And there's not a single guy anywhere that would disagree with it. I'm not saying there's not a single guy that doesn't like Mickey Conboy. Maybe there is. But you know what? Everybody I, knows. I've never, I've never found him. <laughs> no, no. And, and if there's a rescue to be made, and I'm talking tactically now, operationally, there's a rescue to be made. If there's a fire to be put out, if there's something to be done, you better be double-timing if Mickey Conboy's there. Because if you don't, He's going to be in the door ahead of you. You know what I'm saying? That's the kind of guy he is. And there's guys that are like that at fires, at at the firehouse, on the training ground, in at the you know in in the parking lot when 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 I help one of the guys fix his flat in the parking lot after a shift. He's the first guy down the stairs saying, "Tommy, Tommy, get the jack off the apparatus floor." And of course, when he says that, three guys jump up together because he's saying it, and they're changing the guy's tire out in the apparatus, you know, out in the parking lot. I mean. It just goes on and on and on the positive the, the positive effects that great guys and gals have on the company and the department. Well, and how many times I wrote about it in Pride and Ownership, and you and I talked about wrote about it at Five Alarm Leadership together. The go-to guys, I always joke at class, I go, my buddy John Salka, he calls them his favorites. He goes, Oh, those are your favorites. I call them my go-to guys because essentially that's who they are. The people you can go to. First of all, with not with any project, anybody will jump all over and and knock out the funnel. Oh, we'll do that chief talk before you do it. But what about when you have a crappy like you're like, oh God. And you look, haven't you ever done it where you go, who's on today? Oh crap. All right, I'll wait till tomorrow because I don't want to deal with these guys bitching and you know what I'm saying? And you, you, you're the one that said you had that boss that makes cleaning the grease traps. Oh, Bill Allen. Bill I, Allen can make I never clean. met Bill Allen, but I love him. Just from those stories <laughs> that you know. He can make cleaning the grease traps fun. That guy. But now, so when we talk about, uh, here's one of the things we talk about with go-to guys, you know, the, that great firefighter, the dream firefighter, you don't find them in a corner on their phone the whole day. You know, not, not to say, look, we all have our smartphones. We all, we're all like watching YouTube videos on fires and doing stuff. We, it's, it's life now. But when the work has to be done, John, when there's a project, when there's stuff, it's like, where's there? Uh, he, where he, where's he at again? Oh, he's over in the corner on his phone or something. You never see it with the go-to guys. They got their priorities together. And I, I tell this story, you know, you know this. I had my roofing business early in life, right? Young firefighter, paramedic, just like my dad, uh, roofer. I, at one point, I had like twenty-something guys working for me, bunch of trucks, and I couldn't wait to get back to work every third day for every shift so I could rest. And Bob Glyke was like a thirty-five-year firefighter, and he comes up to me. He goes, "Hey." I see you you hire all firefighters for your for your business. I said, Well, yeah, but I believe in keep money in the family. You know, he goes, uh, yeah, I see you pay them good too. I go, Well, they, they work good though, too. 
he goes, can I get some time with you? I well, well, it kind of depends, Bob. I got a lot of guys. I mean, how much are you looking for? He goes, oh, maybe just eight hours a week. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, shit. I could do that. Yeah, no problem. He goes, oh, cool. He goes, I want to get some some mad money. I could squirrel away from the old lady and stuff. I said, no, perfect. No problem. He goes, hey, I got a question for you. I said, what's that? He goes, do I get vacation days with that? I said, no, Bob, it's a part-time job. He goes, no sick time? And I'm like, no, Bob, it's it's a part-time job. You don't get vacation sick time. He goes, really? So next year you tell me I get no health benefits, no pension? I go, Bob, it's a part-time job. And he looks at me, John, and he goes, and he points, he goes, maybe you ought to think about that. And he walked away. And and I'm, you know, we're both half Italian, half Polish, which means we have real bad tempers, forget what I'm mad at. So the Polish side is going, doesn't he get it's a part-time job? And the Italian side is going, hey, Chuchi, that message was for you. Get your priorities in order. Remember, we talked about keeping the number one job, the number one job. His message was, I don't care, you got it. Look, you and I, Brian Purcell, one of the biggest moving companies in, in Texas and in a, probably the best part of the country. You never know. The guy, when he was on duty, maybe at night, guys get their pool business out, right, stuff like that. Right. But during the day, checking the rigs, training, watching videos. You and know, two more stories. You just told about him and you just told about the other guy. And the point is, they noticed. Guys noticed that you came into work and relaxed when you were running that business. That's why I said something to you. That's right. Guys noticed Purcell doesn't. Then he comes into work and you wouldn't even know he was running the business with a bunch of guys doing a bunch of moving. He comes into work and he and he pours himself into the job. Everybody's watching. They're not watching to be critical, but they are watching. And if you oh. do something wrong, people are going to notice it. Well, you've said this a thousand times in class about company officers. They're watching you. People are watching. Your best buddies watching you. They're watching you as a firefighter. Are you, are you one? Are you one? First of all, like I said, I never, I'll be honest with you. I had very little patience for the guys that did love the job and didn't care. That was a hard thing for me, John. Hard thing for me. And that was another Bill Allen lesson for me. I used to get, I couldn't believe people didn't love being a firefighter as much as I did. How could they right. just treat it as a job? Right. And Bill Allen said, because Ricky, not everybody loves it like you. There's different levels. So, you know, he, and he goes, you know, all that matters is that you love the job. He goes, you can't change. And this goes back to what? Tommy Trevino's advice. Worry about the things you can fix, not things you can't. You can't fix other people. What you can do is lead by example. What you can do is lead with such a positive energy, like that Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People book, where that positive circle is spinning and spinning. And then the outside is this little ring of negatives. And all you're hoping every now and then is that your energy, that your is also, whoop, you're grabbing a guy and dragging him to your side. Because haven't you seen guys, John, on your job, at the Valley Place in South, South Bloomingo is a great volunteer fire department, just like Wichita West here. Haven't you seen guys at your value or your career place in the Bronx that were, were that your favorite and they just seem to – and then one day it's like the light bulb, a bell went off. And you're like, what happened to him? Yeah. And you he welcomed him. You how he's him. running the drill and he's the first guy in. Yeah. And you find out, yeah, he's, you know, whatever. Whatever happened, the guy finally – it finally clicked. And that's success. Exactly. Know? And you know what you do? I tell people, embrace them, hug them, say, oh, well, hey, well, I mean, it took you 20 years, but you're hey, here. Glad to see you finally join the fire department. You know? <laughs> because they know you're right, you know? Yeah. You're and it wasn't the boss and it wasn't me. I've seen some, you know, some of the senior firefighters finally get through to a guy and say, hey, now, now you got it. You know, and the guy is uh, really enjoying himself, you know? So, so, so to kind of recap things, all right. You know, we're, when we're looking at that great firefighter, that the, the dream firefighter, that great one, we'll call it that. We're looking for that guy or gal that shows up early for their shift or their drill night or whatever, shows up early, wears the uniform, gets dressed, they're ready to go, proud, uniforms kept, looking good. Remember what it represents. 
taking care of their firehouse, the building first, then taking care of everything inside of it. That's their apparatus. That's their tools. They're into the job. They train. They take care of each other. They don't trash talk. They mentor the young firefighters. They, I, I used to say this in the interview, John, in Louisville. Be to when we do for rookie, we're interviewing the new firefighters. I would say, be the kind of rookie firefighter that the other shifts are, are jealous of. Be the rookie firefighter that everybody brags about. Going, hey, have you seen who our rookie is? Be the one that the other shifts go. How do they always get the good ones? Be the how one. You get him. That's right. Yeah. How did you get him or her? And that's so. You know what? You want to be a great firefighter. You want to be one of the great ones. Then do it. Then do it. Take a look. You know what? I said it about look at your firehouse. Step back and look at yourself, just like you with your firehouse. Your appearance, your attitude, your professionalism, your experience, your talent, your educational background, training wise. Are you training? Are you what do you what do you what do you, what do you say about uh, uh, New York City? Two things I want you to repeat. You tell your probies what now that you got on the job, right? Get into the job. Get in the job, and then you always said this about um, oh, fix fix it for me. You don't have to get ready, or what is it? If you be ready, or the, you don't have to get ready if you stay ready. That's right, baby. I love that one. I forget where I heard that, but I love that. One. <laughs> that is that, that. In fact, that's another topic for another show. Boy, but oh ser- boy! Seriously, that, you know what? That's it. There's no science behind this. There's no. There's nobody with beakers and bunsen burners and and smocks on somewhere going. This is what you have to do: mix and potions to be great firefighters. There's right. no voodoo. Be right. a great firefighter. Be the kind of firefighter. That people go, God, you know, you know, and and John, let me say this before we wrap up. Don't worry about what people say. Don't let the bullies and the thugs, the lazy asses, the fire, don't let them steal from your passion and don't let them. I don't care what they say. They call you a kiss ass. Go, I'm not a kiss ass. I I love the job. So I guess, I guess if loving the job makes me a kiss ass, then then I guess I am. I remember somebody calling me a buff one time, some old guy, some guy that was just hanging around for the hours and for the paycheck. Some guy, maybe it wasn't an old guy. I can't remember who it was, but it doesn't matter. It was a guy that wasn't into the job. Said to me, man, you're a buff. And you know what I said? I said, from you, I'll take that as a compliment. I'll take that as a compliment, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Like I said, you you and I see it. You show up at the firehouse. The firehouse looks great on the outside. It looks great on the inside. Their apparatus, their tools, their uniforms, their attitudes – I, you and I said it. Having having dinner with the guys from Detroit, I I, I don't the the energy. I, I was telling I was telling Jim, you know the, you know my my buddy up there, you know, from Warren, Michigan. I go that that I left there invigorated. I left hanging with those guys. We left there invigorated last time. Oh yeah, we just right. You're like we get we went back. Oh God, could you imagine work with those guys? That's those are the conversations that go out around a kitchen table all the time and right. it's that's like how to show for uh, for the guys that are with them that night that's how they are if they're in the back of the that's kitchen it that's guys. it so hey simple thing be that great firefighter be the one that other people want to be like lays that trail for other people to follow so john if they want to get a hold of you, i ask you every single show we're wearing them out with it but what's your email chief john Salka at gmail.com and i'm chief lasky at gmail.com we both got our our websites uh, uh johnsuckle.com chief lasky.com check them out uh, give us a holler if you need anything or uh, uh, you want us to come out and do a program for you. Or if we're going to be in your got area. Ideas. Got ideas for yeah. a topic for a future. Yeah, Absol- absolutely. You got a great idea. Let us know. Um, with that, we always we always end our show. Uh, and you should be able to recite this better than we can. Uh, we always ask you to please keep the men and women in our armed forces in your thoughts and prayers. And remember, never forgetting means just that, never forgetting. 
Be safe. God bless you. And we'll see you the next time on Old School.